Welcome to Find My Voice. Everybody started somewhere, and we want to inspire you to find your voice and start creating. That could be doing a video of yourself, writing your story, hosting a podcast, or speaking on a stage. In this live show and podcast, we talk to video creators, writers, podcast hosts, film, television, and radio personalities. It's a look back at the times when they wanted to share their voice and what inspired them to get out of their comfort zone and step up as a creator. Hello, I'm John Mabry Jr. And as a presentation coach, I help advisors and professionals connect authentically with their audience to drive leads for their business through video and podcasts. Connect with me on LinkedIn and Facebook if you wanna take that next step because your voice will make a difference. Welcome to Find My Voice on the live show, live on LinkedIn, Facebook, and uh, YouTube, uh, and on the podcast, if you are listening on your favorite uh, listening channel, hit that subscribe button. Uh, as we talk to people uh, who have found their voice to inspire you to find your voice, and this week's topic is being an attention seeker, something that I have been accused of many times by my friends and family for the for the entire part of my life, getting some attention. But today we're going to talk about attention for you from a business perspective. And the only person uh, that I know who has a company by the court by, by, by the name of the Attention Seeker, uh, Stanley Henry, joins us on the show. Uh, welcome, Stanley. Cool. Thanks for having me. Good welcome. Great. Look at that. Look at that big that big booming smile. You're everywhere on LinkedIn. I'm going to get to that in a moment, yeah. but um, uh, if uh, let, let's just start a bit of an easy way to uh, to jump in. Three things about you that uh, the audience doesn't know. All right. Um, one thing that maybe you don't know is that I'm a massive tech geek. So all the money I earn after paying bills goes all into tech. Um, I've got way too much of it. I buy. I mean, my partner Claire rolls their eyes every time I look at something else. So there's just way too much money spent on it. Um, more money on tech than in the car or anything. It's just yeah, nuts. The other thing is I grew up in Manadera. Um, I grew up South Auckland. Um, and then the third thing is that I played rugby for a little bit in Japan. Wow. In the in the pro ranks? Nah, definitely not. Nah. No. No. What, uh, what? I played the season over there with... Um, one of the teams that were called Tokyo Gaijin. Um, so it was a bunch of sort of semi-pro players and whatnot. Um, but yeah, no, it was a real, real cool little uh, tournament. I think it went for 10 weeks or something, 12 weeks. Wow. It wasn't a tournament, it was a full, a full uh, season. But uh, yeah, it was good. It's fast. Um, the guys over there are really quick. I was quite heavy when I started playing there. Okay. Uh, so I was a bit slower. But uh, once I could keep up, you could uh, probably bowl them over a little bit easier than they could tap you. And I'm figuring you'd be a flanker. Yeah, I'm sure I am. Yeah, very good, very yeah. good. Now a little bit, a little, a little, a little about rugby. Um, let's dive into the into the into the work stuff or um, uh, being an attention seeker. You talk about personal brand and personal branding and reputation being the hallmarks of um, uh, a person or a, a person in business. What to you? What does having a good personal brand really mean? Yeah, real, real good question. So we often um, try to talk to people about personal brand as another word for um, reputation. And and a lot of people, when you ask them, do you have a great personal brand, they often can't put their hand up. But then when you ask them, is your reputation important to you? Do you have a good reputation or does a bad reputation 
hurt your business or your career, they'll often all answer yes. So once you can then say, well, a reputation is your personal brand. Um, a personal brand is just usually got more focus behind it. You're actually trying to, to create it. Whereas a reputation, you're often just naturally building it as you go through life. Whereas a personal brand, the way we like to think of it is you're purposely putting effort behind building it. Um, and so we often hear that personal brand or reputation or referrals is the biggest part of business and that most of your I guess business comes from that and so what we try to say to people is like why not actively build your reputation and your personal brand and how do they do that how do they yeah. do that so <laughs> yeah well I mean it's a long <laughs> long process but look personal brand is no different to reputation so if you think and if we put it into that terms if you think reputation when you go to say a networking event or you're in a meeting or you're just talking to friends, there are stories that you're telling when you talk to people, right? There are stories that you're telling about your weekend, your work, your life, your partner, your business. Well, those same stories you can tell visually or in written word or on video throughout digital platforms, um, throughout your website, throughout written word, whatever it is, you can, you can focus your attention on actually taking those stories, recreating them for another audience, and that audience being hopefully your customers is ideally what you're looking for. And you can, and you just do that on mass because you are building reputa reputation daily at all times. I'm building reputation now. I build reputation when I go to my BNIs. Um, I build reputation when I meet clients, when I talk to my parents, when I go to a friend's house, I'm building reputation. So you're always building reputation. So why not always build personal brand through um, and the best way to do that is through digital platforms in today's world. It's very, very easy. You can sign up for LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, all the things, and you can actively build your personal brand. Um, in, the, in days gone by, with digital not being as um, accessible as it is, it was a lot harder. You know, you had to get into newspapers, into magazines, you had to get onto TV, radio, and not everyone could do that because there were gatekeepers there stopping you. So now we're really also, also, also some dollars as well. Yeah, so it costs you a lot more, right? Whereas now Absolutely. it's just fine. And so that is um, that is how you do it. You need to tell those stories that you usually tell when you're building a reputation in person and just reframe them for a different audience on digital platforms. Now, that's simple when you say it like that, but there's a, and there's a lot of work that goes into it and strategy, but at the crux of it, find out who you're trying to find, um, show, like who is your audience? Who do you want to share these stories with? Go find them. So where are they? For me, it's on LinkedIn um, as I work with businesses. And so find your audience, create those that content, find those stories that you're wanting to tell the people and then, and then show them and then track whether or not it's getting the uh, results that you want are you getting the introductions to people that you want you know for most people likes and comments and, and and views is what they focus on but it's not necessarily what they need they need people to talk to in person to hopefully sell to or you know build their network or whatever the outcome is they're looking for so yeah that's sort of uh, that's like really quickly how to do it that's the that's the long answer <laughs> is it? I'll give you the long answer. <laughs> That's fine. Um, uh, and look, later on, I've got a couple, a couple more questions time while we'll kind of ask you for some sort of tips and uh, things that people can actually apply to. Um, but going back to your story, um, mm -hmm. where did it start for you? Where was, um, I don't know, we've had a conversation off air around um, attention, you know, the attention seeker and where that started. But going back to a point when you kind of knew, knew, knew for yourself, I needed to start creating. Can you remember that time? Yeah, it was um, 
2019, actually, even before I moved back to New Zealand, uh, I was I had decided to leave Australia, leave my job. I used to be a general manager of hotels. I had already decided I was leaving. I didn't really know what it was I was going to do in business, um, but I knew that I needed people to sell to and to sell to people. I needed to have an audience and a reputation further than the hospitality career that I had. Um, I watched a bunch of people and had mentors like people like Gary Vee and things like that on YouTube that um, said content, produce content that helps develop that personal brand. Um, and so it was probably around, I don't know, March or so in 2019, where I started to realize I started dabbling at things like YouTube and um, putting pictures out there on Facebook and whatnot. Then I obviously was starting to dabble with LinkedIn more and more. We used it at work. Um, so I started telling more stories outside of just work stories. Um, and it just built from there. And then when I got to New Zealand um, and started the business in October 2019, I realized that I had to go uh, just double down on what I'd done. Um, I knew it was working because the day I arrived, um, the first week I had meetings, coffees and catch ups with people already lined up that I had met virtually in Melbourne before I moved back to New Zealand. So I knew it was powerful. I knew it could work. And so I just doubled down um, and just and, and it just hasn't stopped doubling down since. What do you think the biggest hurdle was for you? Um, oh, for me personally, it was time. Um, for me, I wasn't too worried about sharing stuff. I, I haven't really been too phased by that. I know it's a real concern for a lot of people, a lot of our clients it's a real concern for, but for me, it was time to do it. Um, I I don't enjoy doing the work. I like thinking the big picture, um, the strategy, figuring out what to do is an, and, and the strategy to go with that, but then actually executing is, is not where I like to play. Um, and I've always had a team in hotels, you know, I always had a couple hundred staff that Hey, delegate what I needed to to get things done. Once it was my business and it was just me to start with, um, trying to find the help, which was hard to do because you didn't have lots of revenue coming in when you started. Obviously, you just kicked off the business. And so I had to, like, you know, just force myself to do this mundane work that I did not like doing. I knew it was going to work, I knew what to do. I just didn't want to sit down and do it. And so that was my biggest hurdle, just forcing myself to do something I didn't want to do, um, not because I didn't like putting out the content, just because I didn't like doing the work. Got it. And so in terms of obviously, did you look at other people's content strategy and go, I'm going to do things differently? How, how did you, what did you see on LinkedIn and as a time as the, as the, as the opportunity to go and create your type of uh, content style, if you like? Yeah, I um, I, I'm definitely not a marketer by trade. You know, I, I'm I'm definitely an operations leader is where probably my skills lie in, in running big teams. And so, I know marketing enough because in hotels you have to, as a general manager, you do definitely generally manage. And so I knew enough about it. So when I came to doing it for myself, I didn't have any sort of biases on what I should do and how I should do it. And I'm pretty stubborn. So I didn't really research a whole lot and I, and, and take other people's like sort of ideas. I just said, nah, I know how to do this. I'm going to go and do it. Um, and so I made a lot of mistakes along the way. I did out, I put out a lot of design and pictures and brand and stuff like that was just terrible. I still do. Um, and <laughs> fine, right. Like I think for me, it was all about like do the mistake, get the data. Does it work? And I think what that taught me is, um, don't think you know what works. 
you know, let the audience tell you what works. And, that, mm. and that's, something, that's a mantra I always tell my clients. And, you know, they'll be picking at stuff that's very subjective. And I'm saying like, well, you don't actually know. That's just something you don't like, but you're not the customer. So let's see what happens, get the data and refine from there. Um, and I think that's a real, really, really good um, sort of mantra to live by because you get too stuck into your own head about what's right and you tweak stuff and you can tweak stuff forever. Yeah. I just, I, <laughs> I really didn't know if I was good or bad. So I was just putting it out anyway and hoping for the best. And then, you know, you'd see that, oh, that post didn't do very well. Why didn't do very well? Well, no one likes any posts when I talk about this stuff. So stop doing posts about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see obviously a lot of people, I'm on LinkedIn probably just as much as you are, and I see a lot of people for their business just talking about their business or what they do or trying to sell stuff, and we know that doesn't work. What's your take on personal, sharing personal personal content on LinkedIn? Yeah, I, th I think it's, I think there's a, there is a line on LinkedIn that you probably shouldn't cross. Um, and when I say you shouldn't cross, you shouldn't cross it consistently. That's probably the best way to think about it. Like there are times where, you know, like if, if uh, I remember there was a post um, of one of my followers, uh, one of my contacts on LinkedIn posted up about them having a new baby. And, and, and you'd probably think that that wasn't appropriate. It was on there, but it was on their mm -hmm. company page. They never, ever post things about that. But their, their company's values was about family. And mm -hmm. so it was appropriate that they do it for that one because it, it was, the managing director was out for you know a month or whatever it was to while he cared for his new baby and wife oh. and so that line normally you wouldn't cross but i think the thing is don't cross it consistently if you start just putting out baby photos every day that's not what linkedin's for but if it if it tells a story about your business that you're building and it's and it's relevant then it's fine so um the types of content that like personal stuff I think is important. There's a line don't cross, but then where I get into personal content for me is about things I enjoy and love. So books and reading is a big part of what I, a part of my life. I read lots. And so I share yep. that. Now that might seem as, oh, well, you're sharing educational stuff. That's business, you know, it makes sense, but it really is me. And then I often in my copy talks about my experience with what I've learned from that book. Um, and I'll often put up uh, content about, me and my partner Claire or, or whatever things that are going through life. Um, I just don't do it consistently like it's Facebook where you're sharing with family, right? I'm, I'm sharing yep. with business people who don't need to know all my deepest dark secrets, um, but it is relevant to my business journey. So I do share it. So, but personal content, 100%, all, all for it. Good, good, yes. good. Yeah. Um, I might've heard that before. Is it uh, pains, problems, philosophy, and proof? Um, you know, uh, that, pro that, you know, everyone needs to be talking about pains and problems, but I think if you talk about those all the time, it's like they kind of want to see who is the human behind the business, which is your philosophy. And they ultimately more the logical thinkers in the room kind of need to have that proof of like, but can you actually deliver? Um, just going back to your uh, the time when you said you were posting design stuff, etc. Um, can you remember a can you remember a, a post that perhaps didn't go so well? And this is a, this is probably might be a bit a, a wee bit challenging, or you know, I, it's almost a bit like what we did. We we did a silly skit thing. Um, it was sort of it was in October last year, so it was we'd kind of gone through that, um, and that was a little bit. You know, I had a lot of people say to me, John Mabry. What was what was the bloody point of that? I mean, it was funny, and I think it's it's I think it's important to to go outside your lane and bring a little humour, especially given what what we're experiencing with that with the with the with the COVID year. But what about for you? Is there anything that you've perhaps stuffed up, and 
you know, you, you can't do anything about it. You put it out there, it's there forever. Uh, and yeah. I think that's what a lot, a lot of people kind of like, oh, I, I, I don't want to post because it's there forever. It's like, yeah, but mm. can you think of it? Can you, can you, can you think of anything? I, I, there are hundreds of posts that have gone out. Terrible, <laughs> um, but nothing that I'm, uh, nothing I regret. Um, there, and the reason behind that is that, yeah, they might be there forever and people might dig that up in the future, but honestly, people forget real fast. There was mm. nothing controversial that I did. We, we, I purposely don't put up things political or, you know, anything like that. I, I stick away from like real polarizing sort of topics and it's just a personal choice. It, it, it's not really, it's personal choice, but it's also me in general. Like I'm a everything's gray sort of person. There, I don't really choose sides often and that might seem a little weak, but I, I, I kind of think that there's always an argument for both sides. So I don't often put really one-sided arguments. So, so there's no nothing people can dig up to say, hey, this is the way he thinks. Um, but I think from me, uh, when you're putting all the stuff out that could go, that, that just didn't hit or no one really yeah. cared for, I think that's probably what happens more often. There's a lot of indifference to your post where people are just like, Neh. you know, like, cool, I'm not even going to look at it. I'm just going to keep scrolling past. It doesn't get you. So I don't think there's anything that I'm like, Regret. There's definitely nothing out here, but there's definitely hundreds of them. That's terrible. And I definitely shouldn't have. They were a waste of effort putting them out. But you learn about it, take learnings from it, figure it out. Why didn't it work? Um, what did you do wrong? And just try not do as many in the future. But you are gonna, and I still do. And uh, you just got to just roll with it. It's part of the learning. You know, I was going to want to ask that question around the data or the or the analytics. What 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 are you looking for? in a post and you uh you know is it is it every time of the day what 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 are the what are the things you're looking at um in c categorizing a post to determine whether or not it's effective or not uh there's two things that i track um i track that the first one is, is just your traditional engagement which is views and comments and likes i really focus on views first uh because my organic posts are brand awareness pieces so it's reach that i'm really going for in those that is the target I, we run linkedin ads for and, and other methods for lead generation so it is the first and foremost thing that we go for is reach likes and comments cool but um they're sort of go part and parcel with views if you're getting more likes and comments it's going to be shown to more people so views is a, a good number to look at so that's my first and foremost thing that's not always the right thing for everyone and for a lot of my clients it's not the right thing to look at because it's not what they're going for uh, but for us, that is organic content. But then the second thing is you can see, you can correlate that to connection requests, messages in LinkedIn, emails, website visits, stuff like that, where they are people who have taken an action from the post that you're putting up. And you can you can see it. You know, you can see the spikes um, uh, when you put up a post or something that you've been doing, and then you'll get a spike in website visits or you'll get six connection requests from random people or whatever and, and so we track that to see uh you know uh extra activity happening things over and above the post and try to and when you put them on top of each other and you can track them along you can say oh, okay so that post they got four thousand views we also had a spike in website visits we had an extra spike in things so it got me what i'm ultimately looking for which is leads got it got it if someone has Perhaps I was had a PR disaster, or you know, they something has gone wrong in the past. Uh, can you um, can you re rebuild your personal brand? 
Yeah, um, fortunately, I haven't had to do that. <laughs> I mean, that's a tough gig, but yeah, absolutely. Like, and I think the, I think the further you fall from, maybe the harder it is to build it back, um, because it's harder to hide press when there's so much of it. But the way um, digital platforms work is recency is a big thing. So recency is so important, and. If you if you got some bad press, let's say you got some, you're in the paper for something you did dumb or whatever. And if you start producing a ton of content and get and rebrand your image and try to come out, own your mistake or whatever it is you need to yeah. do to appease what you did in the past, you're going to bury the bad stuff. And there is an element there, is probably some caution there, is that you shouldn't like if you're just a con artist, then probably yeah, don't sure. do it. But if you if you actively have overcome sure. something you did dumb in the past and you know you're trying to um, build back a brand because you know you made mistakes and yeah look redemption stories are very powerful um there you know there there's plenty of examples even of really good people who have done i mean a really famous one is robert downey jr right like he had a pretty big fall from grace and look at him now like he's huge now after successfully yeah. delivering iron man for 10 years so it can be done but you do have to put in the work um, and you do have to come back strong um, and own it. You have to own your mistake. Got it. Uh, some tips, some tips, Mr. Stanley Henry. Um, for someone wanting to create that, you've already given a lot already, and you probably you could dive back into some of those. Um, if someone wanted to start creating, where would you tell them to start? Uh, yeah, my the, the, maybe not quite intuitive answer but my first answer is always audience um make sure you start with audience and, and a lot of people don't they just and i didn't to start with um audience is where you need to um be looking at before anything else if you're showing if you're going out spend all this time money effort making content and you're showing it to your mum and dad there's no point right like there's no point if you're not showing it to the audience to get the outcome that you want so audience is always where you start where are your audience a really good story I was, I was talking to a person who sells billboard space right and they were talking about how a, a a rolex ad in a neighborhood of people whose median income couldn't afford a rolex even if a million people went past it is not as effective as an audience of an, a neighborhood of a hundred people going past it of people all earning 10 million dollars a year or something right like sure. you just need a hundred compared to a million you're going to get way more buyers of the hundred if the audience is right for the product and so the same thing applies like is your audience listening are they there are they on that platform are they connected with you are they going to see it um and then once you've done that so that's first but the second thing of creating content is all about doing it on mass and never trying to do it ad hoc um if you're not if you're time poor or you're not sure how to do it or whatever doing stuff in bulk is the easiest way to go about producing content. If you try to do it daily, you're going to forget. Life gets in the way. You won't do it. You're being consistent. The worst thing about content is inconsistency. It needs to be consistent to get your message there. Why you said at the start, you know, this guy's everywhere. Everyone who is everywhere is consistent. Um, and so to do that, map out some stuff, do some strategies, do some brainstorming around pillars, content pillars. So content pillars essentially are a theme for your content. Some of mine are leadership, books, uh, my team, my business journey, marketing business tips. So those are some of my pillars. And then I can create 20 or just brainstorm 30, 20, 30 ideas of each pillar and then think and then write a story about each one. You know, what is the story you need to do? So 
Um, if it was, you know, how to find your audience, if that was one of my tips for business tips, I would write a quick blurb about what I just said about making sure you start with audience and then either find an appropriate picture or don't use a picture, just use text, whatever it is that you need. If you need photos, you know, go out, hire a photographer, go, go get four hours worth of photos, get a shot list. Um, so doing it all on mass, like that's, that's the number one tip for producing content. Just plan it out. Map it all out, get your pillars, think of all your ideas, think of your photo shoot before you go so you know all the shots you need to align with the photos. If you're making videos, do things like this. This is the perfect way to do video. <laughs> Interview other people, <laughs> get them to talk all day and then make content out of it. It's great. It's absolutely yeah. brilliant. Um, or even better, my approach is get people like John to ask you onto their show to do content and then they make it for you. And that's even better. <laughs> Voila. Um, there we go. And things like that. Like, but on mass, like you get a half an hour, 45 minute video, cut it up. You know, you can find some people offshore if you need to, if your if budgets are tight to cut up things for you, whatever it is. But the, 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 the underlying theme of all of that is do it on mass. Sit down, give yourself, give it the attention it deserves. Sit for eight hours, four hours, get a whiteboard if you need, however you best visually see stuff and um, brainstorm, map it out, get some friends over get people on your team, get some other business people that you know to sit there and have a, have some time with you, you know, because, um, you know, two heads are better than one. So get people around you, bring some of the ideas, map out how you create that. Is it a photo shoot? Is it video? Is it, do you need a copywriter? Do you just need to write a bunch of articles, whatever it is, and then do it all in that one time. And then once you've created everything, get a scheduling tool. Yeah. Get a scheduling tool. Like there's free, you can get a free account on Hootsuite for one, one user. Get that schedule all your posts set and forget do it all yep. in one day three months yeah lots of great tips there and look you you you're, you're you, one of my favorites is obviously consistency um you know um up until when i kind of started it was i put two videos on 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 linkedin each week i get leads um and you know it's it's peaks and peaks and troughs um and um uh, yeah it, it, i i think the the mass produce and and obviously from my video perspective i record 10 videos in in an hour and yeah. there's 10 it's all done and i just could go away and edit them and then they just pop them in yeah, every week stanley thank you so much for joining us on the show and uh look for, look forward to uh seeing you around the traps of course if people want to get in touch with stanley henry the attention seeker how do they do that oh best place is linkedin Thanks for listening to Find My Voice. Join us next week for another guest to inspire you to find your voice and start creating. If you want to take that next step, connect with me on LinkedIn and Facebook or drop by johnmaybury.com.